0: Coming this Black History Month. These coons are everywhere, but Jordan Clark and Cameron Mason from the White People Won't Save You podcast are here to save us. And when I mean us, I mean us. Coming this February, Coonstraction. Hey, whoa, whoa, whoa,
1: Jason, 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 huh, huh? Oh, man, I gotta get, I, I, I gotta get these takes off, it's... Come here, come here, first come thing here. in the morning What's I don't know you
0: I don't know you either Well I do know you but I don't know you Either way I got the directive To take you
1: Is this some Woke conspiracy bullshit What are you talking about
0: No nigga this is a coonstraction We're coming to get you You don't have to do this for these white people no more But I like doing it Even Kanye West couldn't be held back From a coonstraction all right, fam. I'm working on Donda Three, working on Donda Three, fam. Psst, I think Psst. we got. Oh.
1: yay! What? Yay! Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. What's what's up, fam? I don't I don't know you. Are you in the Are you in the entourage?
1: Yeah, it's time to go. I'm here to extract you. Whoa, whoa!
0: Extract me? Where Where are we going? I'm right here. I'm on my ranch. I bought 30 acres, so I don't gotta see nobody, fam. I'm good, dog. But yeah, this is the sunken place. I'm here to get you out. What, like from the movie Get Out? I'm in there?
1: I mean, have you looked around your house? Oh, damn, you're right. You're right. Yeah, yeah. What? Look, don't you don't know. have to do any of that that Donald Trump shit anymore, or say any of that wild stuff about uh, slavery was a choice. Like, we got you. We could, you can come back. We can listen to College Dropout again. No, no, no,
0: I'm moving in the future, dog got me and my girl Candace Owens. I'm featuring her on every track. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to be on every track on Donda 3. I'm singing oh, all the books All of them. Uh-huh. Base, this is a lost cause. I'm coming back. Shucking and jiving into theaters next month. Coonstraction. All right, guys, this one's for the old school fans. I only want to be with you. Psst. I only want to. Who is who, who, he? Uh, ho- hold on, guys. Uh, w- one second. I'll be right back. What the fuck do you want? What's up? Hootie, it's, it's it's us. We're here directing whoa, whoa. you. No, I, I'm I'm
1: I'm fine. I, I I got a show to do. Hootie, stop. It's okay. You can let it go. Here, smell these incense.
0: Whoa, whoa, not Champa. It's all coming back to me now. Oh, oh my God.
1: I, I feel like I'm at home. You've done great work, Hootie. Love them into a false sense of security. You've won two American Music Awards. Now's the time to execute the final part of the plan. Here, take this, it's Decolonial Marxism by Walter Rodney. Just read the first oh, chapter out loud. Over this microphone right here? Yes, in front of everybody. It's the New Year's Eve ball drop. They'll never expect it. Okay, okay.
0: Finally, finally in my moment. G- get over here, is that the constructors? Get over here! Run! Fire, fire! Just when they thought they were out, we pulled them black in. Shucking, jiving, and streaming on Tubi this Black History Month. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't wanna be saved Can't save us. We don't wanna be Can't save us. We don't wanna be saved. You can't, save we wanna be saved. You can't save us.
1: We don't wanna be saved. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of White People Won't Save You. This is a podcast where we deconstruct these White savior films and recontextualize them through a black and poc lens. I'm one of your hosts, Jordan Clark.
2: And I'm the other one, Cameron Mason.
1: And uh boy, what a <laughs> what a week, what a month. What a, in a general. month. Just thinking about it, I mean, not to start things off on too down a note, but like, you've had multiple mass shootings and multiple yes. police killings and like brutality it's not even February. Uh You know, what a way to start off 2023. Uh, but but that ugly ass
2: Martin Luther King sculpture is gonna it's gonna save us all, <laughs> is- <laughs> from
1: Boston of all places. We love we love a. Uh, anatomically incorrect sculpture <laughs> it's not even like the same outfit they're wearing that's
2: the worst part i'm not we don't have to go into this but it's the wrong cufflinks it's the wrong
1: sh- bro like but it's love cameron and that's what counts so Man, shove love up the manuel miranda's ass <laughs> i love everybody by the way <laughs> uh well we we got a movie that i there's no love in it i can't find it now that i'm thinking about it yeah ain't, <laughs> just i love going on here <laughs> uh and we'll get to that in just a second but uh we are excited to bring on a guest um whose channel hakuna Machada is all about the things that we talk about every week it's about diversity in film uh and about just not even just the ways that you can kind of spot hollywood's tendency to do everything they can to not diversify (laughs) their films uh but also ways that we can we can help improve that and we're happy to have on elliot boardman here to talk with us elliot how's it going
3: hey both hi yeah very good thank you um yeah i'm i'm excited to chat this film it's a video I've, i've i put out closer to the time when the film originally came out and so seeing it on the list of films you guys had it was yeah, Definitely one I, I was interested to delve back into, particularly considering Extraction 2 is on the way this year. So,
1: mm-hmm. just yeah, it was just I was just watching the I guess it's not even really a trailer for it. It seems to be like, it's just like a, a... hey, we filmed it, get ready to watch <laughs> it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, Netflix likes to do that. And from what I can tell, I don't know if there's any brown people in this movie. <laughs> it seems yeah, like there yeah. aren't like, in Extraction uh, 2, there's not a sign of. Well, it seems like they're going to a, a snowy locale, oh, ain't and they have... <laughs> we ain't there. Great. Right. If they're extracting a... Uh, well, not
2: Sri Lankan, because that, that is some brown people, but if they're going to like...
3: <laughs> Up to Norway or something. If they're going to like Norway,
1: yeah, if they're going to Norway, then we're fucked. They could be extracting some Inuit people, uh, or, <laughs> you know, there's people of color and, and all over the world, so who knows what they're trying to do. Mm. Um <laughs> But Elliot, yeah, I want to talk with you a little bit more about Hakuta Machado because I yeah. think one, you know, like there can never be enough of this conversation I, I mm-hmm. think because like, you know, what tends to happen is like there's a person right? And they're just like that person's the one that like has these conversations and so we can just place everything on this particular person yeah. or group of people and I think that's dangerous in the sense of like you know we need we need diversity within diversity to have all kinds of voices from all kinds of places and perspectives speaking to and talking about you know this kind of representation but also Mm -hmm. like as we've seen uh people are fallible and (laughs) the minute that somebody's credibility might be you know upended in in certain ways then it's just like oh well now we don't have to listen to that person anymore and don't have to have that discussion anymore um, but the more pressure you can get from all different sides, uh, from all different um you know, kinds of voices, I think it's definitely helpful. So what what was it that made you want to start your channel and, and kind of have yeah. these discussions?
3: Yeah, it's an interesting question because when I first sort of arrived onto YouTube, my channel was more of a uh well, it was called, it was a different name for starters. It was called the weekly rant, and it was a more just like a general rant channel about ridiculous things like winter and the London Underground it was just for me to have a bit of fun more than anything and I found that the longer I was going the more I was already starting to discuss film and TV um a because I'm a massive fan of film and TV B I'm an actor as well so it's kind of already the world that I'm I'm in and the discussions I was having more and more was sticking up for diverse projects you know the the things like Star Wars and Marvel when they were starting to teeter on diversifying which Marvel is doing slightly better than Star Wars I was trying to be like no no this is this is good this is what we need this is we're opening up these these big franchises to more people and so from there on I was like well this is already something I'm interested in doing it kind of gives a bit more of a purpose to what I'm doing so let's move fully into into that area and so hakuna Matata came along and i've been doing hakuna machata now since 2020 beginning of 2020 and it, it's been a journey actually i think what i've discovered is that there is a lot more nuance in, in what we need to talk about you know we can talk very um bluntly about stuff but i think that the nuance is there and it's something that has you know really interested me in coming in to talk about extraction today because particularly when we get to the section where we try and talk about the film without the white savior in there the film already kind of like scatters in those nuances that could make for a more interesting story led by a minoritized race character so yeah Mm -hmm. I, i i think and then going off what you're saying about bringing in voices and voices and voices one thing that I really tried to do particularly in 2021 was to bring in more voices so I was interviewing friends and colleagues from from the acting world who you know who uh, again don't uh, are trying to get more representation for themselves as well so it was being able to give them the space to to come on and talk about it too and you know whereas I have a lot of focus on on race diversity and representation there's the intersectionality we always have to think about and so I will always talk about sexuality and gender and um, you know you think if you can think about something that's underrepresented I've probably spoken about it somewhere on the channel mm-hmm. uh-huh.
1: yeah and I think that you know what's what's always fascinating is like I don't know if you found this the more that I've done the show and Cameron you can speak on this too like it's not even that it it changes the way that you view mm. films when you're kind of like focusing in on that specific aspect but like so many mo- like so <laughs> i have a fascination with not just bad mm. movies but like specific movies that are like what what happened here you know because like this was supposed to be something and it, and then it yeah. wasn't so i have been there's three movies that for some reason you can't watch like you have to buy them you can't Mm. rent them or if you can rent them you can rent them at like a a bumped up price and it's the dark tower oh yeah for whatever reason that was never streaming i don't know why uh and like i kept trying to like watch it and it was like you want to give us 1099 i'm like no it's bad (laughs) i don't i just want to (laughs) watch it for free um the tom cruise the mummy Mm. And that's um, recent. Which, for whatever reason, yeah, is also never streaming anywhere. And you have to, like, I just got a copy from the library. Uh, and then Bloodshot, the Vin Diesel superhero. But attacks, that was also, apparently, wasn't that good? Uh, which, like, people like that? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> They're that's not making right. another. That's right. so. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> um, But, like, watching, so watching The Mummy... It's just like, well, this is a movie that is about, ostensibly, Egypt Mm. and... Some would say. (laughs) North African people. Uh, (laughs) And, like, it's, it's starring Tom Cruise, which I guess is the function of, you know, they were trying to do a whole universe. But, like, the least interesting character in the movie, you know, like, not, didn't give a shit about anything that was going on with him, uh... And it, and it happens so often where you're watching these movies and you're just like, why are you the main yeah. character? Like, is there a particular reason or are you just the most famous person in the film? And like when you when you like are, are watching movies now, are you kind of not necessarily, again, like mm-hmm. looking for you know content and stuff to talk about? But is it just like naturally kind of like a thing that is standing out more and more? Oh,
3: I mean, massively. And I think the one most recent film that did that which is how i found your podcast was was june um that i I, I, mm. I the minute i walked out of that film i turned to my girlfriend and said why did all the minoritized race people die like literally every <laughs> single one of them i was there I, ha- I was counting on my fingers and it was just i think it you know i think just sometimes it happens naturally i went into june off of the hype of everyone talking about it so i was like i'm i'm gonna sit down I'm here to watch a good film. I was switched off and it just switched me straight back on again. And it was it was kind of ridiculous. So I think I try it kind of depends. There are some films I definitely sit down for where I'm like, this is content. Um, This is I'm I'm looking at this film to talk about it. And there are some films where I am just sitting down to enjoy them. And I do. And then there are some films where I'm just sitting down to enjoy them, but I pick up on something. And I think it's usually those films that I always end up having the most to talk about.
1: Yeah, Cameron, has this changed you? Or are you? <laughs> I I didn't get a
2: chance to enjoy movies. My like, I've told this story many times. My father was, you know, part of the Black Panther Free Breakfast Program. He never saw anything in that in without that lens, you know. So I didn't. I didn't really yeah. have the chance myself. But also, like. I know that I can be an apologist for these kind of movies because I want them to just be entertainments desperately. Yeah. I want them to just mm. be entertainments but despite my own knowledge and like things that are just obvious <laughs> you you know yeah. you you especially in twenty twenty three especially when everything has been. We brought everything to, uh, not a boiling point, but like to an apex where we, we can't help but see it. It's in our daily lives. And so many efforts over the years have been made to not acknowledge things like this, to, you know, wash over it or, you know, oh, drop Miss Daisy's not so bad or, you know, like, (laughs) they're just having a conversation. They're just friends. And I'm like. You might see it that way, <laughs> yeah. and, and, and I, I can't. Yeah. But I'm I'm glad we have this this outlet because it's only getting more and more obvious.
1: Yeah, I'm just imagining you and your dad watching Mac and me, and he's just like, "You see that? See that?
2: <laughs> you see Mac is
1: obviously the only person who is not a white person in the
2: movie. He obviously, stands in for black people. It's obviously me. They're talking about me, and they're trying to
1: get you to eat McDonald's. You know what's in that." gotta open your third eye um yeah well let's (laughs) let's get to our movie this week which is extraction which i feel like it's a movie that at least i personally this is like the first time i'm hearing about this like i know it was a big massive netflix thing uh netflix Mm. to me over time has become less and less of an essential like streaming destination and you know there and we
2: can talk about this too because i think this is part of a netflixification
1: yeah because like i
2: movies this part this this movie is
1: there's certain things where i'm just like oh okay you know like i mostly go there for the the shows and like you know sometimes they have some things Mm -hmm. that are like netflix exclusive streaming um, and even like you know they they got Iron Chef and I was like all right you know <laughs> watch that guess uh, I gotta go here <laughs> um, but like this movie and this feels like you know because we'll have to discuss the Russos in depth in a bit but like mm-hmm. they have I guess an overall streaming deal with Netflix in terms of creating original content for them uh, and this was one of those movies it is produced by the russo brothers it is written by joe russo and it's based on a graphic novel that the russo brothers wrote with uh author ande parks which was the movie but different it was set in a completely different country in south america and paraguay um and they just were like well what if we did this in india (laughs) Uh, without with changing minimal things um And so it stars Chris Hemsworth, as everybody knows as Thor, uh, and, like, a number of uh, South Asian actors that, you know, looking into it, like, they seem to be fairly recognizable big stars over there. And this is another thing that we often run into where, you know, like, these kinds of actors. When we did um, Enter the Warrior's Gate, like, a number of those actors in that movie were, like, Huge Top stars line actors. in China.
2: They were like actually, yeah, actually huge stars and like award winning actors over there and... in this goofy, terrible, <laughs> terrible Nickelodeon movie
1: and, for us. And they were like second oh or third gosh. build characters in like I... you know, which is insane. So uh it's like
2: it's like putting Michelle Yeoh in like Shrek five
1: and like yeah. making making
2: her Tinkerbell or something like that, you know?
1: Yep. <laughs> and it, it stars uh also of farahani who is also too good to be in this movie but is yeah. <laughs> um david is in there uh Randeep huda and uh red cross Jawasi, or, or joshi who is the kid avi um who again all of these people seem to be like you know looking at at let their imdb credits and you know other things seem to be like fairly big stars you know, in, mm-hmm. in that market and are now kind of just also here with Chris Hebsworth <laughs> yep. in this movie. Yep. Um, it's tricky because Netflix is a place that won't tell you anything. So the budget mm-hmm. for this movie was $65 million. I don't know if it made money or if it I mean, again, it's getting a sequel. So it's obviously justified something in terms of production. Like, they want yeah, to make more? Yeah, like, does
2: it translate into hours? Is it like...
1: Uh, did they
2: make 85 million hours back or something
1: like they, that? Viewing hours? They base it off the streams, and I think there's, like, a specific... It's kind of like Spotify, where it's just, like, what counts as a stream isn't necessarily the completion of the movie. Right. It's just, like, a, a certain amount of viewing. But I don't yeah. know what that translates to in terms of money, because they're not running that's what it's all about (laughs) yeah it's it's a strange (laughs) it's a strange thing so anyways um cameron i guess you know if you want to try to run the five minutes it's a it's a weird hodgepodge of like people have described it as man on fire with a white savior which is more or less the plot of the movie but if you want to get into it cameron we'll we'll start the time i guess let's let's do it all right and also, I mean, look, I watched this, I just watched this movie, like maybe a couple hours ago and like, oh, I started your day with that, started my day with it. And like, <laughs> I just, just sitting here now, not looking at the, um, the cast list, I remember maybe like three names.
2: <laughs> that's
1: real. And I think, you know what, that's real. And I think they only said certain characters names like twice. So if you missed it, it was just like like the the main, I guess villain guy with the child soldier army. Like yes. I don't know his name. <laughs> so you didn't know his name? What was his name? Uh, it was Amir. You didn't yeah, sound certain. Amir.
2: <laughs> no, well, I only know I only know Amir because he had uh, he had like two first names. It was like Amir Asif. Oh okay. And they were both like short. That's the only. You know it's we got to do the we got to do
1: some kind of mnemonic device to, yeah. to remember these names because okay. the movie doesn't want us to know do you remember the name of the kid who was like his right hand
3: no i didn't know <laughs> he had a
2: name until me about to tell you okay <laughs> yeah
3: right
1: <laughs> i did not know he had a name that was the character who i was lost on okay uh, because he got way more screen time than I anticipated. Uh, mm. <laughs> he tradition. got a lot of whole done, yeah. I was about to say, he got a lot done, yeah. Uh, all right, Cam, I got the five minutes up,
2: yeah. Let's go. All right,
1: three, two, one, go.
2: Okay, so this movie is actually about Ovi Mahajan, who is the son of uh, like an Indian crime lord, but his father Ovi senior is in jail so Ovi is a student at the hargrave preparatory school wonder who it's named after uh he's going out with a couple of his friends his friends are like yo let's do some hood rat shit and he's like bet i'm down they go to the club they're hanging out doing drugs and that night uh they go well they go out to have like a smoke in the alleyway and there a cop, <laughs> uh, just a random police officer, shoots his friend in the face in front of Ovi, and like the other friend goes down. Blah blah blah, and Ovi manages to escape.
1: Oh no, he gets kidnapped. Uh, they they take
2: him. Well, oh yeah, no, that's right. They uh, they put a bag, bag over, over his him. head yeah. and put a bag over his head and put him in a van. And uh, his dad gets word of this instantly. He gets word of this through his number one guy, Saju. Saju was like, yo, they got your son. And he's like, I sh- shut down the city, shut it all down. <laughs> and Saju's like, I'm not even sure that you could do that. He's like, shut up, go do it. Find my son. So Saju, that, that's, that's his plan. He's got to go. He's got to go find his son cut to Australia where our boy Thor or in this movie, Tyler Rake, what a name, by what the way, name. <laughs> is chilling on a cliffside with his boys drinking beers, and what do you think he does? Oh, he jumps off the cliff to meditate. Underwater. <laughs> underwater, because he got some shit going on. They'll tell you about it soon. So, he's meditating underwater, and he gets word that this this kid has been kidnapped, and uh, Ovi's, uh the... Basically, the government has hired him as a mercenary to extract Ovi and just take him from wherever he's been kidnapped to to an extraction spot somewhere in Bangladesh and so they can chopper him out, right? That's what I've been told.
1: He was, well, he's hired by, I think, Ovi Sr. via Nick, who's like the operations manager of a mercenary strike team okay
2: (laughs) then why is he also um, i don't want to ask questions because there's a double cross that comes yeah
3: yeah because i I think it's i think it's saju himself that hires the team and then oh okay yeah
2: so saju okay so yes okay i do i do grab that okay so saju hired the team but also uh ov senior hired tyler But that means that there's some shifty stuff going on. We'll find out soon. So Tyler and uh, the team, they go to they go to extract him. They find where he is. He's like locked up in uh, some kind of tenement somewhere in the middle of Bangladesh. In the town of Dhaka, which is the capital, correct? Yes. So they go to Dhaka and he himself gets kidnapped actually in the process. So he goes he's in the tenement the cap his, his captors are like what's up they're toying with them putting guns in his face and he's like don't put that gun in my face I'm a man with a very specific set of skills and I can show you all the skills which he does he he eliminates all of them in extreme fashion some people are getting the next crack you know spines severed all kinds of what's up uh Tyler makes it out of there and he uh manages to grab Ovi and and that sequence is like a what nine 12 minute action sequence uh where it's supposedly a winnerner but there's some chops in there uh but yes, they make it they make it out of Dhaka basically uh and they manage to get away they managed to escape uh now we also learned that Asif uh or uh sorry I got names here uh Amir Asif the opposing crime lord in Dhaka is has gotten wind of this and is like yo we got to hit the streets we got to find this kid we got to take him back we got to hold him from ransom get some money we also meet him on a random rooftop where he's uh corralled some random use are you serious yeah Damn. we try well he's <laughs> we try we do try on this podcast at least you can uh appreciate us for that uh so yes The opposing crime lord has uh, gathered some random youths from the neighborhood to go and search for Ovi in the town. How does he, (laughs) how does he terrify these kids into working for him? By throwing them off of a rooftop. Literally. And like fully, (laughs) fully murdering children. one of these kids is like, okay, don't murder me. But I know some stuff. And that, that kid is Farhad. We, we didn't know that. Yeah. Okay. The movie didn't tell us his name, but it's Farhad. <laughs> uh, Farhad is like, hey, fam, I'll, I'll do it for you. I'll, I'll gather up some kids and we can go kick this guy's ass. And Amir is like, bet. But I want to know that you'll do it for me. So cut off one of your fingers. And Farhad's like, bro, <laughs> you, you, you just got me on this rooftop. You're killing my friends. Okay, I'll do it. <laughs> so he, he's cool with that so uh, basically let me see where I am in the story because uh, it, it, it is sort of simple and laid out but also there's a lot of random stuff that kind of like
1: there's a lot of stop and go in. I mean at this point they're just trying to get away and like Farhad finds them to... and he like Chris Hebsworth beats several children beats up children
2: <laughs> Like, it gives him good smacks to the face. Yeah. Um, yeah, so Farhad and his gang, like, run up on Ovi and Tyler in a random alleyway, and Tyler just smacks the shit out of six children and uh, leaves Farhad to, you know, further, I guess, ruminate on, like, how he's going to kill the shit out of Tyler, I guess, yeah. later. So he doesn't, they don't succeed, basically, mm-hmm. and they manage to get away. They manage to get away, and... uh It looks like David Harbour shows up. Yeah. So he's like, I'm going to call one of my friends. He calls uh, David Harbour, who is Gaspar, uh, who's one of his old friends from the Australian Air Service Unit or whatever they used to work for. And he's like, I got you. I'm going to we're going to hang out in this house and you're going to eat some porridge and we're going to just like drink the night away. And then we can figure out to get you an extraction point tomorrow. So he's like, okay, bet they managed to rest. But Gaspar, he's got, you know, some plans of his own. He's decided to tell uh, who it seems he's told Asif. He's told Amir about that. He's got, you know, the kid. And he's like, all you got to do is go upstairs and shoot that kid in the face. And Tyler's like, I had a son. (laughs) I will not shoot children in the face because I once had a son who died of lymphoma. Yeah. And that matters to me now. I'll, be the, so I'll they beat fight. them up. I'll <laughs> beat them up and smack them in the face like they owe me money, but I will not kill them. So Gaspar is like, you a bitch. Your mama's a bitch. Mm. Let's fight. They decide to fight in Gaspar's house. Tyler doesn't want to kill him, but who does? Don't mind killing him? Ovi. Ovi got the gun. And he shot Tyler, Plam, plam. game two to the chest. And they're like, okay, we gotta get the fuck out of here. We gotta have a plan now. They managed to uh, rendezvous with Saju, and Saju is like, I've been beat up. I've been through this, the, the ringer trying to get to you. And Tyler's like, you know what? I'm just going to give you the kid. And Saju's like, what? I've been chasing you for a whole movie. That that makes no sense. Why would he, Why would you just give him up? And he says, just because, bro, because. Yeah. Which, honestly, is the movie's reasoning at that point, but that's fine. But uh, Saju comes up with a plan to disguise himself as uh a beat up w- version of the woman from that famous national geographic uh cover <laughs> and like so- so- sojourn ov across a bridge that is uh cut off from basically i guess the mainland or like basically on the other side of the bridge is the extraction point yeah and uh amir He's got his eyes on the city. He's literally in his palatial mansion above the city looking down on everything seemingly from this vantage point with binoculars. Got, he can see everything. Got good binoculars. He's got the best <laughs> binoculars. So from his vantage point, he's checking, out the, he's checking out the city and he found the bridge and he sent his colonel. He sent his main colonel. He's like, go there and kill the shit out of this kid and kill the shit out of Tyler. So they're trying to cross the bridge. There's the uh, the local police are there and saju is like
0: oh no i'm just a lowly woman trying to get my my son across the bridge
2: and ovi is like well i got a familiar face i'm sorry saju and the police are like lift your hat kid and it's like yeah i'm ovi and saju's like well i got these guns bitch blah 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 so he's he's shooting people down saju's shooting people down tyler's on the other side of the bridge shooting people down trying to get oju to uh, ovi sorry Oju, this I'm sorry. I'm sorry <laughs> to this whole movie. Trying to get OV to the other side of the bridge. So Saju has basically made it to like one half of the bridge, made it halfway across the bridge. And uh Tyler's on the other half kind of shooting people down to make make way for o- Ov to like get to him. Little do they know that the Colonel is like sniper rifling from a vantage point, maybe like A mile away, and uh, also Tyler's uh, uh, extraction team, with uh with the home girl on there, is like a an Indian woman who we don't know her name, but apparently they have a solid solid past. Yeah, uh, she's she's up there. She's got her own sniper rifle, and she also manages to see that the colonel is like mowing people down and trying to kill people. So she manages to shoot the colonel. Which gives Ovi passage across the across the way. Saju has tried his best to get him across the way, but no, he was he was too slow. Some police managed uh, or a police guy tried to come at him, and they just like unloaded the clip both clips into each other. It seemed, yeah, uh Ovi manages to escape to Tyler, and Tyler's like, the helicopter's over there. you gotta go, but oh, our boy hard with the nine fingers, shoots Tyler twice in the neck. Tyler's like, you know what? This is me, bro. I'm, I'm dead. I'm going to die here. I'm going to remember my son as OV manages to get in a helicopter and fly away to wherever he's safe. Hargrave School too, I guess. So Tyler is there on the bridge. He's dying. It's looking bad for him. He's remembering his son with lymphoma. It's blurry. He goes out. And then we cut to eight months later where Ovi is attending the other Hargrave preparatory school and he's, you know, he's got a couple of friends. He's going through some things. He's feeling stuff. But he's remembered his, his uh, uh, meditation technique, which is sinking to the bottom of pools and thinking deeply. And just when he comes to the surface, he looks over and there's a blurry white man behind him. <laughs> <laughs> it might be Tyler. We'll find out in Extraction 2. That's the movie. I tried my best.
1: <laughs> Thank you. Uh, <laughs> boy, so yeah, this movie is a, a lot of things. It's a um, lot. And I, I think it it fits into a vein because I was trying to place it of movies that I've seen in the last like decade or so because there's there's uh pre Jason Bourne and post Jason Bourne. You got it. And then there's pre John Wick mm. and post John Wick, right? Like in both of those films were like and this is what action movies are now, right? Watershed like, moments for
2: the action movie, sadly it yeah. Not for the better.
1: Yeah. So like everything mm. post Jason Bourne was like that's where we got uh you know Daniel Craig, James Bond who's like, well now he's like a gritty you know, hand to hand combat. Like yeah. He fights people in bathrooms and like, uh, <laughs> CQC with this guy. It's all like, yeah, let me punch you in, in your throat. <laughs> yeah. No more, no more gadgets. He's all just, you know, like a brutal, I'm just going to punch people to death. And then, you know, post John Wick, it was like, everybody's got to get a headshot, shoot everybody in the yeah. head, you know, repeatedly, like no, <laughs> no survivors. This is literally
2: the, yeah, the combination of those two movements yeah. in the action movie. Yeah. Yeah. Also, i I point out that this is also around Endgame or yeah. Infinity War. It's, like, right between the two where the Russo brothers, part of this Netflix deal and part of the many deals I'm sure they secured after, you know, making the world's most successful movie at the time, uh, was basically give these Avengers their own standalone movies.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So they also that year produced uh, 16 Blocks for Chadwick, Mm -hmm. which is like kind of the same little, uh, you know, we got to find a person, lock down the city, shut it all down. (laughs) Like how many, how many sequences of that can we put in a trailer? Like there's, yeah, there's a lot of these movies. There were a lot of these movies they gave, you know, they gave one to Chadwick. They gave one to uh Chris Hemsworth and after the fact, you know, for the gray man they gave one to uh Chris Evans. So it's kind of yeah. like part of their deal to give the Avengers their own little standalone motions.
1: And they all kind of fall under this like very cuz this movie has a very drab color palette, like it's just <laughs> washed out uh, you know, yellow skies and uh, you know, like very uninteresting broken down locales um there's, yeah, there's a couple movies, like, just thinking about uh, the Michael B. Jordan movie that he did for Amazon. Uh, oh, Without Remorse. Mm-hmm. He yeah. got in a car that was already on fire.
2: I mean, <laughs> that's the coolest thing in that movie. <laughs> that movie is not great either, but that's the coolest thing. I, ha- I just had to bring that back for the podcast.
1: Well, it felt very similar in, mm-hmm. in respect of, like, here are two very charismatic and interesting actors being forced to have zero charisma. Uh, and no interesting personality traits and kind of just go through these action sequence motions where they just murder people without remorse. You shout out to the movie. You You got it. Roll credits. (laughs) Um, You know, and then the Michael B. Jordan. So, like, it's not better when people of color do it. Like, it's not like, oh, well, that's acceptable. Because
3: but it's Because he's brown.
1: Right, but it looks worse when a white man goes to a country full of brown people <laughs> and then murders all of them exclusively yep. and, like, has zero, like, even conscious about it. But, like, because it's, it's like a combination of that and then those recent Clint Eastwood movies where he's like, and now I'm responsible for this brown child that I have to get yeah. from one place <laughs> to the next, you know? You got and it. Like, um. The Like the relationship that forms between Tyler and Ovi is just like one of the strangest, least earned, like random coincidences in a movie I've seen recently. Because let's talk about a lot of things, but like specifically that scene when they go to David Harper's house for whatever reason. Yes. And it's really just like, it's like an exercise you would do as an actor to discover your character's like inner turmoil because like obviously just like do you have a family yeah do you have a wife yeah what happened to her i don't know we don't talk anymore did you have a son <laughs> yeah what happened to him he's dead oh what happened leukemia okay uh <laughs> it's just like it's just like this back and forth between them that's just like Who's ever had this conversation before where like every yeah. question is just like, not even Pertinent. just a leading question, but like, yeah, but like, in a in a way that's like, n- neither of them, Chris Hemsworth is emoting the necessary amount, I guess, for he you know, what he's being asked there's, to do. There's two but, tears like, in that scene. But, but Ovi's just like, and then what happens? <laughs> <And> then... <laughs> it is a it's very it is a
2: very funny scene because it's after like I guess three fourths of the movie, three-fourths of the action has already taken yes. place. So they should be mm-hmm. tired and like just worn, worn. But he's up at night, like Tyler? Yeah. What happens when you kill people? <laughs> like <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what about your past i'm interested all of a sudden
1: i'm interested and then like w- nothing is learned or heard for the moment because just before right he's again beating up children like with he's intent that, to he's do smack, harm he's he, he was threw intent. them into a car he was like you know what i mean it wasn't like oh my god you know these are kids you know let me like not hurt them for real it was just like you know he was like you little shits and you just like started smacking them ground. Yeah, no. <laughs> and then but then then like ovi's whole moment in that scene is just like oh you know yeah you know my dad would kill people and then he would come home and i would be like oh he probably killed somebody's father today two minutes later he shoots a man he shoots a guy and they never mm. talk about it. mm. <laughs> it's just no. Well, he does the, he does the thing where he, I
2: shot a guy and now I am comatose. Now I, now I'm catatonic. Like yeah. I don't know what to do now that I've put bullets in a person. But that's it. We don't we don't. But you're re- right.
3: It's it's never spoken about again. Like he doesn't even bring it up with Saju like nothing. It's just it's such a. It's kind of it's kind of like the film decides. Oh wait, Chris Hemsworth doesn't have a character, so let's find a way to do that quickly and actually give him a relationship to this child, even though he's already made the decision to save him against the you orders got of it. his yeah. You got it. Because
2: the screenwriting is so transparent in this scene. Once he says lymphoma, you are supposed to cry. Yeah. <laughs> you you are supposed <laughs> to feel it. He said lymphoma. Oh, damn. Oh, damn. What, uh, yeah. so- lymphoma? <laughs> That's why he
3: didn't kill the children. Oh, I
2: get it. He murdered like two dozen people because of the lymphoma. I get it. I get it. I get it. I get it. Yeah. I'm sad now.
1: Well, it's supposed to be, you know, mm-hmm. so he's he's a hollow man who doesn't have any emotions because, you know, all of his love died with his son and now he's <laughs> feeling those emotions again <laughs> with this particular job cuz he's rescuing a child, but like mm-hmm. in in any not even just realistic situation, but like put yourself in Avi's shoes like why do I give a fuck who this man is, what his past is like, can you Mm -hmm. get me out of this alive? That's all I would care about. Like, can you not get me killed? You know? And like you, you seemingly already have a vested interest in my safety only in so much as I'm what gets you paid paid. So like you, you've already, you already have a reason to keep, it's not like I have to invent reasons for you to keep me alive. Like you want to deliver me, to who it's at a certain point like the question of that becomes unclear because unclear not not back to his father right for a, a long time not back to uh saju because well, like well he actually was the villain yep he was saju was the villain
2: a b don't return him to his father because a double cross has happened in that very same scene yeah so they so figure I, out the double cross, and then they're also like, "Oh, well, we can't return them to either person who so would just naturally keep them be, until they transfer us money." Exactly, I guess is the plan. Well, <laughs> yeah. it's 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 kind of wild because in that nine minute chase scene, you kind of learn a lot. You learn that uh, Saju might not be who, or it might not have good intentions, and you also learn that uh, his father the return to his father might not be the best solution. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. in the midst of like gunfire and all these things, Ovi's, um, well, I guess uh, the person that Ovi sees himself that he needs to be rescued by, or at least where he can find safety, changes like three times over the course of that scene. And he's supposed to have at least like some kind of emotional attachment to where he wants to go he's like he sees saju and says like oh that's saju he used to work for my father well he works for my father i should go hang with him and tyler's like no he's a bad guy i'm gonna shoot all the people around him
1: yeah but which which also (laughs) could be interpreted as no you're worth three hundred thousand dollars so like don't go anywhere because like i yeah you you are you are worth something to me monetarily you know what i mean like and i'll tell you anything just to make sure that you don't get out of my sight. You, know you don't mean? go so anywhere. Just, yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's a very, because like you're saying, Cameron, in that scene, they're trying so hard to make Tyler the, the hero, but like it's in this instance, I think it's a more interesting movie if he is honestly just a piece of shit, you know what yeah. I mean? And it's just yeah. like, man, this guy sucks. <laughs> And like we're not supposed to like him, you know. He's but just like, down the
2: middle. He's down the
1: middle when we meet him.
2: He's not a piece of shit, but yeah. he's not really good either.
1: Yeah. But then all of a sudden he is altruistic in a way that like, you know, like the white savior gets turned to eleven because it's like now he's like, I I have to save this child, right? None of the other children. I don't care about, you know, like all of the horrible things that seem to be happening in the city. I will slap them like
3: pips.
1: <laughs> yes. You know, if yeah. whoever's in my way, I will mow down without remorse, without any care or afterthought. But like this child now, I seemingly want to live only because I had a son who died. But if he didn't, the lymphoma, you know what I mean? Like that's the inference the movie makes. It's like, yeah, but if his son was still alive,
2: Oh, fuck this I, kid. You know bro, I mean? like, he might be like, oh, get the fuck out of here. Smack. <laughs> bro, or he might have been like, here. well, like, it was
1: fun, but now I have to get on a helicopter. Good luck getting yeah. out of the city alive because I'm going <laughs> home to my son. <laughs> so, you know, like, it's such a weird thread they tried to, to weave where it's just like, on the one hand, whether or not they had any idea that you know, this is how this movie was going to come across as him being a white savior. They seemingly work overtime in the latter half of the film to really make you say this guy is making a heroic sacrifice, Mm -hmm. even though he has shown really no other redeeming qualities. And like we said, his whole, that whole moment in David Harbor's house is really just to create like a tentative connection between the two. That didn't exist up until that point because there was no reason why Ovi should have any besides
3: trauma attachment to Tyler. <laughs> yeah, you know I mean? but like literally, like what is the motivation? Once he's heard from from Nick that the money is is no longer yeah. there, where are you going to go from there? And you just yeah, I, I I remember the first watch. I was just kind of a bit like. Oh, OK, I guess we've still got to do some film for some odd reason, yeah. <laughs> because wh- why are like you kind of you kind of wonder, like halfway through the film. Why doesn't he just then pass him off, pass him over to Saju? Right. It's your problem now. You ain't paying me. Right. And then, you know, if 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 because it's Chris Hemsworth, he still has to build the hero. You could, you know, sort of, you know, he could come storming back at the end for some weird reason you know if they're shoehorning it in anyway. why don't just shoehorn him in at the end and actually have a, a real relationship between Saju and Ovi who the film in the first 10 minutes shows us there is a relationship between them yeah. too.
1: and there's and there's definitely more of a, a charged and tangible connection between the two of them than there is between Tyler yeah. and Ovi because it just seems like it's what the movie is asked to do instead of a thing that the movie mm-hmm. actually takes the time to build and communicate. So like by the time you get to the end of it, you're just supposed you know, like bullets are flying, uh, yeah. adrenaline's pumping. Like, you know, you're rooting for Chris Hemsworth because he's Chris Hemsworth. And again, like what a strange choice to remove any warmth, humor, uh, charisma. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, he's, he's as handsome as he's ever been, but he's just like a wooden block of, Violence, I guess, this way you're supposed to, you know, and it's just again, like I can't help drawing parallels between that and Without Remorse with Michael B. Jordan because it's like Michael B. Jordan is a charismatic actor who, like, you know, he's got the smile, he's able to effortlessly kind of move through. In that movie, they're just like, don't show any emotion, yeah, and so he just like turned off and killed people. And like, it's kind of, it's again, it's hard to really get into a movie where not only are all the people dying. Black and brown people, but like the movie makes zero effort to actually examine its setting. And like, the I, maybe you don't want to get into the politics of it all, but like, at least, like, the underworld, you know, like, implications of who yeah. these characters are and like why they want to do the things they want to do, or yeah. you know, like i was talking to elliot before he came on cameron like this movie felt like it was saying you this is what you think this country looks like yeah and is and so i'm just going to show that to you even though the whole time i was like i don't think this is what daca looks like like i don't think this is what (laughs) any of this actually resembles in reality and like of course to a certain extent everything is like hyper you know, realized in the terms of its, right. it's fiction and all that. But even when you're in New York, you're like, well, that's New York, you know, like they're never just like, yeah, mm-hmm. like look at all this, like trash cans are on fire and yeah. like you know, <laughs> dogs well, they- are running loose in the street. <laughs> and it's just like, that's Brooklyn. It's like, no, it's not like I've been to Brooklyn yeah. before, but because they're banking on the fact that you've never even heard you've of have been- as a city, right. like you're just assuming that, yeah, I guess the sky is yellow and And it is completely run by two opposing drug lords and and, because like like, the
2: the ease of which they can just say like close off the city and make it make it so and i'm like they're the drug lords i know they're in with the police but
1: like wouldn't the police have like some kind of pushback well and just and just the assumption that the police are you know this i mean look police are the yeah. But, well, mm, mm, mm. <laughs> but, you know, but the way, that, it, the way that they imply, because it's the same thing, like if this movie was taking place in Mexico, it would just be like, yeah, of course the police are, you know, in corrupt, their pocket bought off by, yeah. you know, all the drug lords and whatever. But it's like, that's not necessarily how it always is. And right. the way that they just kind of like just throw out all these flat handed assumptions where it's just like, look, don't think about it. Just like tune into all the biases you already have watch the movie it's every <laughs> it is though you're it is on.
3: every action film in yeah. it like it's whenever wherever we're there like I, I mean even even to a degree bad boys too as well when they cross the border oh, yeah. it just feels like it's them against the country uh fast and furious four it feels like it's you know them against the country yeah. it's it's so surreal but i you know we kind of touched on already just how many actors from the region that are really successful mm. over in, in South Asia. And I just kind of there's part of me that wonders if the Russo's and and Hargraves way of trying to say, no, 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 this is a film for you as well. Because look at all these actors you really love in, in the films that are produced in in India and Bangladesh, they're in this film as well. And then you still paint it with the that sepia filter. I'd love to know. Yeah. And I can't remember if I delved if I delved into it or not when Scratchin originally came out of what the reaction was like for film viewers and critics from Bangladesh and India, if they enjoyed it or if they, you know, did it even come onto the radar? I'm sure it did. because
2: It's a major motion picture shot in your own country. They're going to, you're going to get to see it.
3: Yeah, exactly. And there is, you know, the
1: Russos are at this point, old hat at trying to pander to different, you know, international markets, obviously, you know, everything with the Marvel movies, Mm and China and them trying to, you know, get those audiences in there. And I think there's a similar movement, you know, in South Asia uh, to kind of galvanize, you know, Mm -hmm. like that audience to go and see these movies because people, you know, are in it. But like we were saying, like, if you are from Bangladesh and you flip on Netflix and you watch this movie, you're like, one, that doesn't look anything like the scene that I live in. (laughs) Two... Oh no! Nice. All of the people in this movie that look like me are either getting murdered, are uh, horrible, corrupt people, yeah. or are like yeah. helpless uh, victims who need Chris Hemsworth. Otherwise, they would be killed in the street. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. there's no, yeah. there's no effort. Like, one of the things that was so absurd to me—that whole action sequence, right? The part where one Chris Hemsworth just gets just casually gets run over by a car, uh, and like gets up later uh, to like, you know <laughs> start the fighting to return the favor, but like they yeah. so so Tyler and Saji are in the street with guns and knives, and the people are just watching.
3: Watching. like it's yeah. like
1: this happens every day here. People pull out knives and like attempt to murder each other in front of my shop, and I just. Mm -hmm. hang out and take in the show because it's like there's (laughs) like
3: and that's after all the gunfire as well like you know all the gunfire around that apartment building and everyone's just like i wonder what's happening what's going on i know they run through
2: like (laughs) multiple like active apartments there's like a whole family eating a dinner one in one there's a woman (laughs) watching soap operas in another People are like fully living lives and like running through, running through their active apartments. Like not even running through like the hallways yeah. of the building. No,
1: like, hey kids, what's up?
2: Blay, Get blay, out the way.
1: You know what yeah. I mean? Like we're having we're having a, a yeah, firefight but... here. Can you please stop existing for
3: a few minutes? While... Right. <laughs> but it's but it but it's but it's a it's a, a, a South Asian country that you know only has slums in its capital yep. city. And so, you know, they're all just going to be set around doing nothing because there's nothing to do in the capital city of a country. Unless you're Asif it, and you have this
1: palatial mansion that's the where only... Where you can yeah, see yeah, Unless you're a drug dealer or you're <laughs> <Yeah, no. laughs> <laughs> So it's just like we get no interior... I mean, even like Ovi, who's supposed to be our i don't know if you would call him our like you know audience surrogate but like he's supposed it's, to be our like yeah. sympathetic you know innocent you know bystander and all of this like all we know about him is he's sad that his dad kills people and like is it nice to him and wishes that he had friends real friends and that's it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And like, we never get... Like, even in the moment where he kind of breaks down after killing David Harbour, it's just like, bro, you're... I'm assuming good friend was shot in the in, face. In the
3: face? <laughs> right next to you. In front of you. <laughs> and he never talks about yeah, it again. Right.
2: Like, th- that would be the only thing on my mind, literally, other than get on the helicopter, <laughs> is like, yo, I saw my friend's brains on the wall like two days ago
1: yeah because what? it's like it's like you could convince me that okay since that point it's just been a non-stop terror-filled moment after moment where he hasn't had a chance mm, to catch his breath sure. but right. in the moment where he gets to catch his breath instead of having time to really talk to him and get to know him we get to know tyler and we get, right. know, uh, <laughs> we get to know David Harbour. We get to know Gaspar. Yeah. You know, so like, even in the moment where it seems like that, that, that's the scene where he like starts breaking down and crying, and Tyler's looking over at him like, oh my God, that's like a real human being and a child who's like scarred and going through like mm-hmm. this traumatic moment. And like, it's my responsibility to make sure that he's safe. It's the reverse where like he's like, Oh, like tell me all the horrible things that have happened to you. Uh, so like we can feel sympathy yeah. for you and me. <laughs>
3: i I'm, I'm just here, you know, like don't worry about <laughs> what's going it, it, on in my but mind. But Jordan, I think, I think I nailed it right there. Like we were talking earlier about trying to find what his motivation is. If we learn from Ovi's perspective, like what's going on with him right now, and Tyler sees that, then surely that's then the reason why Tyler goes. I need to get this kid out of here like this can't be the life that he knows and grows up with like I'm probably gonna die I've you know I had my chance let's 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 get this kid going and already there's better representation straight away there because we're learning about yeah when we were learning about the victim we don't need to learn about Tyler it's Chris Hemsworth we're already sat down you know
2: I, I think this movie has a problem with its POV because we start it's it's Obi's story and I I made a I made a conscious effort to say that in the 5 minutes that it is we start with him we see a lot of the first 20 minutes mm-hmm. of the movie through his eyes it is about his extraction it is about like the life that he lives and then you know we get to know Chris Hemsworth's character because he is the person who is extracting him right which is necessary and to the plot that's understood. but the the movie doesn't understand that it's Ovi going through this and if that is our POV character if that's who we enter the movie with and once we meet Tyler rake it becomes about him, you don't realize that you've wasted you you might as well have wasted those 20 minutes because you you're not paying them off. Mm-hmm. in emotional regards we're kind of lost at like well we're if if 40 minutes into the movie our pov character now has become chris hemsworth then we're just worried about like you know blam blam over here a little blam blam over there make sure making sure we shoot everybody in every room that we're in right we're not understanding Mm -hmm. that i I mean it might be a little less actiony but to see it from ov's POV would actually make the situation more harrowing. Yeah. Because to to be like a 13, 14-year-old kid, 15-year-old kid, watching like some random white man come into your life and like mow down everyone. (laughs) Maybe, maybe people you know, maybe children you've played with get smacked in the face by a man that came here from Australia. Like he the one moment that I thought the movie actually tried to do this with is during the chase where he sees Saju and he's like. That's Saju. I should go hang, I should go be with him. And yeah. instead, Chris Hemworth mm-hmm. is like, no, he's obviously wor- he's working for somebody else, and we have to figure that out. But we don't get the moment to uh to process that ourselves as Ovi's mm-hmm. character. I'm I was thinking just like,
1: it.
3: why go would ahead. Ovi
1: even believe him though?
3: Right. In
2: that moment, <laughs> yeah. if he said <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, yeah. Saju's working for the other side. He's like, bitch, I don't know you. I know Saju.
3: Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> That's my friend. I, I spoke y- to
3: him a day oh ago. Oh my God, right?
2: And and sure, for the plot's sake, yes. Saju might have been, you know, making some money on the side doing something else or whatever. But if I'm Ovi, I don't care what you said. <laughs> I might even get out the car in the middle of the gunfight and just go over there because I feel mm-hmm. safer with him. Yeah. Yeah. And the movie doesn't really give you a chance to process that or make that like a a moment of uh, conflict, a moment of emotional conflict. It's literally yeah. a moment, and we're gone.
1: Well, and mm-hmm. let's and let's kind of merge another segment where we reimagine the movie because I think what we're hitting on here is something that you talked about in your in your video about this uh, movie, Elliot. Where yeah, uh, there was another character that you thought it would have been a much better film if we just shifted the perspective over to them.
3: Yeah, exactly. And I mean, that character is Sarji. And it just, everything that the film sets up in the first 10, 15 minutes, even though we know Chris Hemsworth is in the film, the relate the main relationship that we see set up, I feel, is between Ovi and Saji. You know, um, Ovi comes in late from school and Sarji's like, where were you? Your dad tells you to be home straight away. And in my video, I sort of say that that first interaction, because we don't know who Saju is at that point. We don't really know who any of these people are just yet. I originally assumed that Saju was a big brother and he was, you know, he's dealing with some business at the, at the house, but Ovi's come back and he's like, look, dad said, you've got to be back at this time. What are you doing? And then the minute Saju leaves the house, Ovi's like messaging his friends, right, Saju's gone. Let's go. Let's go party. So I'm like, "Cool, that's 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 a relationship there. There's something like there's there's conflict right, right. away there, straight from the beginning." And you know, films relationships and films are based off the conflict and how characters resolve that conflict. And we don't get that at any point. And we get to see Saju's family. We see his wife, we see his kid, we see his his son, mm-hmm. nonetheless. So you like if we're to reimagine this film, it's so simple to have Saju and Ovi as the main two. And I'm going to say, you're just getting rid of Chris Hemsworth's character altogether. You don't. You just don't need him in there. He's a kind of an extra part. You know, Saju could still hire a team and and double-cross them and get and get Ovi back if it's a case of, I just don't have the money to pay for him yeah. and I need them to do the legwork. And, and then, you know, you could have this whole thing of... Saju really learning about Ovi's perspective, why he disobeys his dad, why he goes out with his friends. You know, my dad's in prison. Why am I going to listen to him? You know, he's a bad guy. I'm doing really well at school. I can lead a different life. And Saju can be like, yo, um, I've got this family like that. I would do anything to protect. I understand this kid now. Like I see, I see what he's trying to say to me. I see why he does these things. He needs boundaries, but... You know, okay, I'm here to help it. Like, I've got to do more than just be his dad's right-hand man. If his dad's in prison and he's got no relationship there, I'm probably going to have to take this burden up. I don't know. For me, that's already just a much more interesting film. And then you throw in... I mean, a lot of the action pieces are brilliant, so you can yeah. still throw that mm-hmm. in. You know, Saju's character still lends so well to to the action that... It, yeah, for me, it was, it was just... I, you know, as we said at the very top of the show, like watching films and something clicks in your mind, yeah. even if you're not trying to, you know, Extraction came out at the height of the pandemic. We're just like, it's new content, it's Chris Hemsworth. I need something. Yeah, right. So I wasn't even thinking it. And then I watched the film and I'm like, oh, for flip's sake, like, what is going on here? Well, <laughs> well I think I, go, I, ahead, go ahead. Uh,
2: well I was gonna I was gonna piggyback off of that and say, I mean, again, we're rushing into the uh portion of the show, but uh Mm. i i think even you could have chris hemsworth character in this story still i think it's a it's what we worry about as americans as our uh perspective on movies like this right because if chris hemsworth Mm. is in this movie regardless he's going to be a hero he's going to be or at least a good character if not altruistic Mm -hmm. the problem is with movies that take place in like, uh, you know, international settings, we as Americans don't want to see us or white people, you know, uh, doing bad things or, you know, doing bad things overseas, because that means that, you know, we're bad ambassadors or whatever it may be, whatever the inherent uh, fear is of that. But Hmm. in this movie, you could still have him be the hero. You you could just have Ovi actually trying to grapple with maybe Saju is doing something, you know, dirty on the side. You know, maybe his his reasons for trying to extract me are different. Maybe he's trying to collect the bounty or whatever, da da. da, da, da. But you could have Chris Hemsworth be like shooting people just as much as Saju is, but have Ovi try to figure out oh, like who is actually fighting for who should I trust? You know, yeah. because we've yeah. already spent that time, like you said, in the beginning of the movie, trying to establish, like, who does OB trust, whether mm-hmm. it be, you know, his father's right hand man, not necessarily his father, or somebody who's just in the moment trying to save him. That's actually the, um, that's actually the emotional conflict. It's playing out in the same movie yeah. we watched, right? Yeah. It's just, we yeah. didn't get yeah. time yeah. to see Obi deal with that. We just, we were mm-hmm. watching guns and bullets flying. <laughs> Well, my
1: my screenwriter brain has been going uh, as we've been talking, and I feel like the the easy solution would be same premise, right? Right. Like They've got Mm. everything set up where you've got, you know, Saju is is being, you know, told like Saju had the kid, Mm. had Ovi, Ovi gets taken. And so, you know, like Chris Hemsworth gets hired by Ovi Senior, but it turns out that he's actually working for Asif. You know, so like, okay, you know, it's a it's a double cross where it's just like, oh, you think Chris Hemsworth is the hero because here he is coming in to you know extract this kid, and it turns out he's actually just a mm. fucking mercenary who will do anything for anybody who's paying him the most money, and right? So and now he, he could know, be a villain, he could, or he could be something. Yeah. Because he was, if if you saw Bad Times at, at Royale, right? Like yeah, he was yeah. the villain of that movie. He was good as the villain of that movie. Yeah, <laughs> and I think you could do something similar here, where you know he is actually just a mercenary, and now Saju's in a position where Asif Senior is like, if you don't get my kid back, I'm going to kill your kid. So what are you going to do? You know. Mm-hmm. And now he's kind of like, well, shit. I got <laughs> I got to figure this out because <laughs> I think this is this is the thing, right? And like brief aside to speak to what you're talking about cameron same thing happened in black adam right where they were oh like, we're my god this whole thing where, speak like, on it america is like bad but not that bad i mean it's a little bad you know like maybe they could do it but but we're not going to get that into it you know and it's just right. like why we don't want to talk it about it yeah we don't want to <laughs> talk
2: about it but it is an essential plot point to the movie
1: and it's like why 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 you know, like it, it, if it's going to be like, let's talk about it. Like, don't let's just have it. people like, you know, signpost it and say, oh, yeah, you Americans always like come here and like make things worse. And then you never, you know, clean up the mess that you make. And then, you know, Hawkman's like, I guess. You kind of right. End of conversation. You're you right. You kind of right. You want a Sprite? <laughs> and this is a similar situation where it's just like, yeah, you know, like mercenary special ops teams going across, you know, the world, you know, doing all kinds of, you know, operations where people get killed, labeled as quote unquote collateral damage, you know, like mm-hmm. necessary casualties and what, you know, whatever, you know, larger goal that America has. Um, and you know, it, it could have been a similar situation here, but they were just like, no, nah, we don't want to talk about that. Um, but it is also interesting too, like these movies, cause this is a question I had, right? Like I was trying to puzzle through in a reimagining, because what you'll hear almost a hundred percent of the time from directors when these movies get made is they say, well, we would have loved to have done X, Y, and Z, but you know, if we want to get the movie funded, we need to have, chris hemsworth we need to have tom cruise we need to have you know whoever it is and so like they make it sound like they're throwing whatever country they're filming in a bone because they're like adding Mm -hmm. to that country's like or that specific city's like immediate and like momentary you know like cash influx where you know they're bringing america's film industry to your country and like now you get to see us make a big budget movie you know, outside your door and like, you know, maybe we frequented, you know, a hotel or a club or something and like some people got some extra. We hired, you know, people to be extras yeah. and we, you know, gave them the minimum wage because they're not SAG. And so we can just like <laughs> have them speak on it, come in for whatever, you know. But like, I I feel like the better use of that tactic would be, yes, Prince Hesworth is in this movie, But he's not the star. We're just using him to tell a bigger story about actual people from this country and having these things. So you could do the same kind of talk where, like, yes, Chris Hemsworth is heavy in the promotion. Chris Hemsworth is heavy in the, you know, whatever. But, like, he's not the hero of the movie. He's what's selling the movie. He's what helps us sell the movie to a studio. But the movie, the main character, the star, the hero that you're following... Is this other person who is, in fact, yeah. a big like the Chris Hemsworth of you know, right. his
3: country, right? But, but and especially if the film is set in a region where Bollywood exists, yeah. right? Bollywood a huge you know, part there. of it. Is India exactly like? I mean, it's it's a bigger film industry than Hollywood. Mm-hmm. So, um, it, I mean, it just kind of really just plays further into Hollywood's ignorance sometimes, and which is frustrating. Yeah so frustrating because i think jordan you've just laid it out perfectly there that you know we're already kind of you know as i you know we've mentioned how they're using all these big these big actors from that region and it's you know if you can you can do both things at the same time i think that's one of the things people miss out a lot when we talk about diversity and representation is and how i said earlier about the nuance but that you know things can happen at the same time we, we don't have to, it's not, not everything is an either or. The polarization mm-hmm. can, can be very easily stopped. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and, you know, we should also mention briefly here too, that like, we often talk about the Blackdale test, uh, but this movie, I don't think even passes the Bechdel test because, like, you got yeah, <laughs> you got, uh, Ghost of a <laughs> uh, Farhani as Nick Khan as like the only woman with in the movie dialogue in the movie who gets to say anything or play any kind of central role. Women are mentioned. There's, like, those five like, women at
2: Amir's table that are silently eating in fear. Oh,
3: gosh, yeah. <laughs>
1: there's them. There's uh, Saju's wife who gets a scene to oh, talk yes. to him. Oh, yeah. And yep. there's, like, other... We were just talking before. Like, there's a black woman who just is part of the mercenary just operations team yeah. who gets to, like, tell Chris Herbsworth <laughs> a thing. Uh, and that's yeah.
3: all that I can
1: remember in the whole yeah. film,
3: <laughs> yeah, I think I think David Harbor says I've got to go kiss my wife. We never see, and that's all we know about her. We don't see you know.
1: his <laughs> wife. She's like the Wilson of Home Improvement. No. It's just like I guess she's there. <laughs> he might be there. <laughs> I don't know if that's true because she kept saying it, and I was like, "Is he lying to like do something?" Because maybe you know, <laughs> like was that true, maybe. or is he just yeah? Because um, and it, yeah, it, it seemed like.
2: It seemed like something cool to put in the script but
1: it ended up yeah. in the final draft a lot. <laughs> Chris Hemsworth has <laughs> a wife that I guess he just they're estranged or divorced or she's just I blurry. She's blurry. She just, yeah, she's not there. Um yeah. so like, not you know, sure, I don't I don't know if women being in this movie would have made it better and nope. like I don't think they would have gotten Didn't. Any Sorry. good things to do? <laughs> and not, not, because, being a, not being a not a misogynist there, but just like just no. <laughs> well, because like again, you got you got Gustafa, who is an incredible actress who's been in several different films that you know have really shown her range and her ability, and she, she gets to make the final move in, the, in she gets, the movie. Yeah, yeah, and she's like, it's weird hearing her talk because she was talking about how the role was originally written for a man. So it would have been all men, uh, if she hadn't mm. have been in it. <laughs> and then I guess like, I guess that's why uh <laughs> she
2: kills him at the urinal. <laughs>
3: yeah. yeah. That does explain I, that. She
2: <laughs> walked
1: like, in and yeah. he had security outside. You know what I mean? Like I thought his his bodyguard was there watching the door, and she just walks in. She is recognizable. He saw her through the binoculars. Yep. While he was watching this whole scene play out on the bridge. So it's not like she's a ghost that nobody knows about. It's like, yeah, if you see this woman, don't let her come near don't, me. Don't let her in like the bathroom. <laughs> <kill me laughs> by um, herself. But she also was talking about how there isn't really like a love angle in this movie. And I was like, are you sure about that? Because it seemed like they were trying to make it feel as if you and Tyler had a past Kind At least thing. an unspoken yeah, thing that maybe didn't transpire, but like you're all because all of these relationships are very nebulous. Like, mm-hmm. I don't understand how they know each other, how many operations they've been on before, if this is like a reoccurring thing, or if he is just one of many mercenaries that she uses to accomplish whatever goals mm-hmm. she seems to have. Yeah. Um, we don't know why she's doing this other than, I guess, money. Uh, but like, there's there's so many things that just kind of get left unexplained that I feel like if they had more female characters in the movie, I doubt they would have fared better because uh, yeah. there's just random stuff where, like, people, like, even Farhad, who now we know his name, like, when he was getting all those lines <laughs> in the beginning, I was like, is this kid going to come back in any actual way in this movie that justifies this, like, five-minute sequence of his introduction because... It didn't feel like it for at least the first thirty-five minutes of the movie. Like I just kept waiting for him to show up again because no. I was like, "That was a lot of screen time and backstory for somebody that isn't." You've already introduced me to five people. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, am I, do I should I keep track of this one too, or is this is he important? What's happening? Yeah. No. Um, The the behind-the-scenes for this movie, you know, fortunately, unfortunately, I I scoured, I sat around, I listened to a couple of different interviews. It's a lot of just, you know, Hargrove talking about how he Mm. did that one-shot sequence, and Chris Hemsworth talking about, you know, this was the hardest stunt, you know, work he ever had to do to do, and (laughs) (laughs) You know, but I think what, what is interesting about it, what's what's not spoken about I think stands out in terms of, you know, their conversations about this movie because never once do they, they talk about how great it was to shoot, you know, on location, you Mm -hmm. know, in, in in Mm -hmm. India and in Bangladesh. And they talk about how all the people would be, you know, looking out the windows of their apartments or like crowding the street or like, you know, uh, cheering them on as they were, you know, kind of watching some of the stunt sequences and whatnot they never talk about what this movie is saying about the country that it's set in. And they never talk about what it means for people watching this movie who come from these countries, what the characters who look like them represent. And they never Mm -hmm. talk about what it is that the, like not even the point of the movie is, but like they never really expand upon each of those individual characters of Ovi and Saju and like, you know, like even when those actors are talking about it, you know, they're talking about, wow, great experience. I got to work with Chris Hemsworth, you know, the, the stunts were crazy. You know, we got to do all these other things, but it's never just like, you know, yeah, this is what I brought to the to the screen, you know, not even just with my cultural background, but like, you know, when I was thinking about who this character was and what they wanted and what their trajectory and arc was, you know, this is the kind of things that I was pulling from. It's just mm-hmm. kind of like, I got to shoot some guns. And like do, I think know, that's what things. this was,
2: though. I think this was like <laughs> an action palooza. And I th- don't think there's
3: like, yeah. m- m-
2: as far as. Probably Sam Hargrave and Chris Emsworth are concerned. There's not much beyond that, as far as they're concerned.
3: No, no.
1: So what's interesting, though, is that, you know, again, this movie is is adapted by a graphic novel, See You Dad, which originally was a screenplay that the Russos had written that didn't get made. And so they turned it into a graphic novel to have something. And then they took that and adapted it back into... (laughs) a movie uh, that netflix would
3: accept uh, <laughs> wow
1: so like <laughs> that is one way to yeah, do. yeah just from that perspective you know like it w- was clear that it was kind of just sitting around chris hargrove is the longtime stunt coordinator for a lot of marvel movies was chris evans stunt double for a while mm-hmm. and some of the captain america mm-hmm. films and follows the you know just current trend of stunt coordinators turned directors similar to John Wick, similar to Atomic Blonde, similar mm-hmm. to Bullet Train. Yeah. Um, and you would think that that would equate to a more dynamic kinetic film, but again, like the action sequences play out in a way that just says modern action film. You know what I mean? Like yeah. not even like it's not even quite like a parody of it, but it is just like We're checking the boxes of what, you know, an audience would like to see from. And we have this thing that like on paper sounds cool, but even that was not like I was expecting that sequence to be like, oh, shit. But then comparing it to again, like that one sequence where Charlie there and and Atomic Blonde beats all those people going down the stairwell. stairwell. That's a more exciting action sequence to me than like (laughs) this car chase you know what I mean because it's more it's more visceral and it has more personality this was just kind of like gonna shoot people and like try to like at the point where they both got hit with cars I was like what's happening yeah (laughs) like who yeah are these people because like you know if you told me that Chris Hemsworth was like a bionic uh you know soldier who like you know got half of his body blown apart in afghanistan and then was like put back together with like cutting edge technology then i would say this makes sense but if he's just a dude Hmm. who can hold his breath for a long time like that's not enough (laughs) to to make it make sense that a car could hit you you could get shot eight times
2: over the (laughs) course of the movie yeah
1: and just keep going like it's nothing but
3: also like Like, and then still survive it for the sequel
2: (laughs) everybody he shot he shot like they're all wearing uh flat gear they're all wearing like the the vest and everything like that but he is able to kill shots every single one like except for the one that farhad managed to shoot him in the neck and get him like it's all but the he, whole movie is yeah. very convenient.
1: He swung a man's body at another man's neck and broke it, and then broke, <laughs> and then, and then broke the other
2: man's like spine in the process. Like, I mean, that's that's what Which this is movie just is like, for.
1: Yeah, like that was okay at a certain yeah. point. Like you gotta explain why he's nearly super. I mean, being he's, strong yeah. is one thing, but like that's. Stronger than most men I could imagine ever being.
2: His arm was in a sling, and then he he used that same (laughs) arm to kill a man. (laughs)
3: Literally. It was in a sling, then it got cut
2: by a knife,
3: and it was still like, he could still use it. And
2: Gaspar was like punching him in that bad arm. Like, if you punch me in a bad arm, I'm (laughs) a bitch out. I'm not even going to front it.
1: (laughs) He was still still all good. Well, let's get into our favorite game, looking at all the different aggregate review sites uh, and seeing what extraction got on each one. So, Elliot, what do you think on IMDb out of 10 extraction currently has?
3: Uh, I'm going to imagine it's between a 6 and a 7. I'm going to go for 6.6. Okay. I want to say
1: 5.8. Whoa. All right. Uh, 6.7. 6.7 damn a, okay. point, point oh point went off uh wow yeah it's okay. unclear if it's like because i mean we didn't talk about this at length but it is a movie that came out at the height of like lockdown had just happened people were at home yeah movies weren't a thing that you could go out and see you know and, and netflix was was. Thriving in the moment, you know, yep. people were just what 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 you got. What's the new thing you got? And I think even was that. I think that was twenty twenty one when Netflix was like, we're going to give you a movie every week. You know, we've got yeah, yeah to it was. You're to right, just drop. Uh, so like this, I think based on the popularity of Chris Hemsworth and uh, the popularity of the Russos, and I believe this is the first movie they did like had a had a hand in post uh infinity war or was that I think you might be right like no
3: the Chadwick one was wasn't it okay i think
2: yeah. that came in the middle of it i think that came after infinity war
1: okay 16 blocks um but yeah i think based on all of those popular like that really drove people to see it and then the movie itself, I think. Oh sorry, twenty one bridges,
2: like, sixteen blocks is the most deaf movie. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah. I just yeah. wanted to clarify <laughs> on record that I know what I'm talking about sometimes.
1: Yeah, I think people people were like just ready for something. And, you know, like yeah. the action sequences if you if you again, if you like the modern action film, like this does that. And I think a lot of people are just like, hey, you know, here's here's something to just get lost in, not really think about, turn my brain off. So You know, like it was fairly well critically received. Again, enough to get a sequel. Um, But let's look at what the critics thought over at Mm. Rotten Tomatoes. What do you think this movie has out of 100%, Elliot?
3: With the critics, I imagine a 48%. Okay. So make it rotten. Yeah.
1: Cameron?
2: I think I imagine like 55. I think it's got to be like 55.
1: How about a 67%? least same? The same eh. numbers. <laughs> Get out. Yeah, 67%, 70% audience score. There's a lot of people uh, who just were like, hey, I-, I think critics were maybe have been in the same place. They're human, too. We're all human. So they were just like, hey, sure. man. Action, you know, like, great middle set piece. You know, things are going crazy here. Explosions, etc." Um and just kind of gave it a pass as like this is just a kind of dumb movie. But there were a number of critics who called it out for the White Savior, you know, role that it played, you know. Mm. Even at Variety, they were kinda like, mm, I don't know about that. Yep. Um and somebody that we're we're hoping to have on the show one day, uh, Roxana Hadidi uh, had one of my favorites where she was talking about it and said headshot body shot Hemsworth sad brown people bad headshot body shot that's the <laughs> rhythm of extraction and yes it's also a white savior narrative uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> smashed out smashed I was it like that's yep that's it <laughs> so you know it, it it was well received I don't know if it's like again the kind of movie that people just in the moment were like yes. And then maybe mm-hmm. like now, if they watched it again, would be like, mm, I maybe don't know. not. <laughs> like maybe, maybe just kind of a prisoner of the moment. But at the moment when it came out, you know, sixty-seven percent. Um, finally, we go to Amazon.com, but we can't because it's a Netflix movie, uh, so they don't have a rating for this. I would imagine it would get five stars. If oh it was on yeah, Amazon for people to <laughs> see because they they eat this kind of stuff up. Um, yeah, but. Now it's time for us to get to our rating system, our caucasity ranking scale. And Elliot, we've got three levels of caucasity for you. Mm. Starting off with the first level, which is shorts in the winter. Now, I don't know. You can tell us. In the UK, is this a thing that you see? Or is this strictly an American phenomenon?
3: No, we don't see it that much here in the UK. I think if you do, it's it's people running. So you can kind of give them a pass on that one. Yeah. Um, no. But it's you know I I assume it's definitely something that happens in Australia and this having Chris Hemsworth well, um, yeah. <laughs> it's close it's close to that
1: <laughs> like I could see in like Scandinavian countries and like other oh, places yeah. where it's just like yeah we're we're kind of used to this weather and maybe it's I don't know acceptable but definitely like there's there's a reasoning behind why they might decide hey look I'm, I'm still wearing these tommy bahamas no matter what time of year it is uh but this is the level where it's not hurting me it's just a curiosity like why is this happening yeah. why did you decide to do this are you okay should i call somebody <laughs> uh you know like i'm i'm fine but just seeing it from afar i'm kind of curious as to what is going on Okay oh, yeah. what's the second level the
2: second level of caucasity is uh this movie is touching my hair so now it's it's in your space, mm-hmm. causing an affront to you. It's a problem. But it's not necessarily like a full, you know, takedown. It's not a full teardown. You know, if somebody reaches for your hair, yeah. you can move. You don't have to necessarily right. be involved in it. But... Not a headshot, not a headshot, not a headshot. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, no. (laughs) So yes, in this sense, it's like a little,
1: it's like a lesser violence, but still an intentional violence nonetheless.
3: A move has been made. Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
1: And the third level, Elliot, we're actually going to kick it to you uh, for you to give us a little bit of context of something happening (laughs) around your way.
3: Yeah. So uh, news that happened uh, the week as of recording this, uh, as The world knows there's a war unfortunately happening in the Ukraine and a lot of Ukrainian people have fled their country and now settled in many different countries in Europe, the UK being one of them. And the UK is probably one of the most diverse countries in Europe, and particularly in the major city areas like London and and Birmingham. Uh, And so in our second largest city, Birmingham, there was a, a Ukrainian refugee... And her kids were uh, going to a school here in the UK, and she felt that they were in danger at this school um, for no other reason than the fact that it was a highly diverse school with many black and Asian children. So she made the move to take her children out of that school and is struggling with the cultural difference of the UK compared to the Ukraine based on the diversity alone. So I'm assuming this is our level three today.
1: This is, this is our level three. I'll throw you another school-related one from here in the States. And that is uh, racism is getting so out of control at Vermont uh, sporting events in mm. high school that one school has just banned fans for the whole season, for the rest of the basketball season. So there's been uh, 50 complaints of racism that have occurred at different high school sporting events across the entire state of Vermont since the fall of 2021 and one school has basically just said nah we're just not having that no more so the the only way they could conceive of not having a racism occur at one of their sporting events was just to not have anybody there which i think assumes that the other team won't be racist (laughs) (laughs) Um, so you're still like i don't know if it completely solves your issue but it is certainly a way but just imagine things being so bad i mean again from a from a football perspective right football soccer in the uk Mm. there's definitely numerous incidents you know that i see yearly where it's just people throwing bananas on the field or uh you know yelling things at people that you know seemingly in in the events that others will tell only they seemingly heard that racial slur out of all the other things but uh you know like it's it's not uncommon and so i just can't imagine you know if you're a parent or somebody you just want to see your kid play basketball It's gotten so bad in vermont that like you're just going to have to Hear
2: about it later. Follow, I guess.
1: Yeah. <laughs> just yeah. Just enough, you man. know, hope hope there's a, a camera in there you can watch at home. You know, but, shout out uh, all my black people uh, in Vermont. The, what are you doing? Yeah, now? I guess you know that's that's also what I'm wondering. Who's on this ste- <laughs> team? <they> just <laughs> literally can't. during the Great Migration. <laughs> how the hell did y'all end up in Vermont?
2: What happened?
1: You know, <laughs> I mean, W.E. Du Bois from Massachusetts. You know, like we're up there we're everywhere but yeah it's it's you know (laughs) unclear anyways both of those levels are white people knowing exactly what they're doing you know Mm -hmm. like not being even a little bit like ashamed or thinking that you know maybe maybe it's me maybe i'm the problem no other people are the problem and we have to do something about them and so you know for extraction what do you think that gets out of our three levels
3: uh, I I think I think it's it's yeah I, I think it's a level two I think I think I think it reached out to touch my hair I, <laughs> I say this the character of Tyler is that but the way that they handle the setting goes up to level three because mm-hmm. as you said like they're showing us Dakar how we think we should see Dakar yeah and I think that's that is very much hitting the level of Oh, we, yeah, we know how we're presenting this country. Um, just going to do it anyway. <laughs> yep. So I, I think I'm going to put it, if I can put it at a level 2.75, I think I'm probably yep. around there. All
1: right. Cameron, what do you I, think?
2: I think for the same reasons, I think 2.75, though, That, that is, is, it's inching. It's inching <laughs> closer.
1: It's a, it's a little extra, yeah. It, but is, it, it is.
2: You're right in its uh, portrayal of the city, portrayal of the people. I will say they tried their best with Saju's character to give him that like one scene of talking to his family and you know showing that his family is perfectly astute, you know, like got yeah. a son who seems to, you know, be smart, a wife who cares. It was it was things like that that made me feel like less bad, but still the overall like Chris Hemsworth smacking young bangladeshi children um didn't didn't sit right so i think i might have to go with you with this (laughs) 2.75 it's not fully it's not fully you know like no no basketball in vermont but it is (laughs) kind of fucked up but i mean still i you know i like a good action movie i'm a sucker for guns and bullets and stuff like that i kind of had a good time regardless so yeah Mm 2.75
1: Yeah, I mean, I think the, the there's a lot of failings in this film. And even just because I was trying to think of some other examples, like even like, you know, Gemini Man. Oh, yeah. And uh, I think oh, there was yeah. another one. It's just kind of like these lackluster action films that are predicated solely upon uh, one or two like set pieces that they have in the movie. And that's as far as they mm-hmm. got. You know, and they kind of just like colored and everything else on like once they were there filming the rest of the movie. They were just like, maybe they wish yeah, we should do a little something here or there, but like not a lot of thought given to, you know, the larger contextual uh conversation they mm-hmm. were having by making the film. And I think yeah. for this one specifically, yeah, it's not even just like, you know, they all of the people in the movie who are not Saju and Ovi Are scumbags like, yeah, really bad. Like, somebody throws a child off a roof, you know what I mean? All of (laughs) that guy's definitely a scumbag. That guy, yeah, all the police are ready to murder anybody. I mean, a police officer shot a child in the face, yeah, you know, like within the first 10 minutes of the movie, even like the first, like the thugs that uh Tyler meets when he comes in and like they put the gun to his head and like. You know, are laughing and like they're all like comically caricature like people that aren't really, you know, actual characters or people just like what you would expect to find in the slums of this country that you assume like everybody's just horrible and terrible. I mean, again, compare that with Parasite. Where, you know, we see these people in a similar situation, you know, they're not wealthy, they're kind of mm. living in this lower class area, but like, they're just regular people. They're on WhatsApp, you know, like the flood comes and everybody's like, you know, trying to help each other and like hustle out of, you know, like their homes and like collect all their belongings and make sure people are safe. Like the idea that anybody who doesn't have money is automatically like a pain in for it, <laughs> a willing to do the worst things imaginable you know but two like are just living like it because again like they're busting through these people's homes and like it seems like they're just trying to make a life you know like they've got dinner on the stove and you know they're hanging out with each other and it's just like here comes chris hemsworth just kicking the door down (laughs) (laughs) he's got things that are important to do we don't need to know about you Yeah. Um, You know, so all of that just kind of doesn't sit right when it's like you could have you could have done a lot of things and you made intentional choices to do these specific things, Mm. even moving it from South America to South Asia, seemingly not changing much (laughs) like all these places are interchangeable countries that, you know, you just assume the worst about throw on the sepia tone and like move on. Right. And so I think in that it's like not quite, it's not, it's not a good movie, you know, and it's not enough of a movie to give it three star, like the third level. Yeah. The fact that it was the most popular movie on Netflix for a time is unsettling in a way. So (laughs) I I do have to give it (laughs) 2.75. Um, well, yeah. Before we go, let's throw out a few recommendations. I'll just reiterate mine briefly. Is is RRR? I think if you're looking mm-hmm. for a movie by South Asian people, starring South Asian people, that is an action film that has actually enjoyable like action set pieces that make you say, "Whoa! How did they do that? Like, what's going on?" Like, it is. It is three hours, so you got to settle in and and watch it, but it moves. It does have, you know, even in this movie that's trying to pull off all these double crosses and betrayals, like this actually has that in a like relatable and like constructed way where like everything feels earned. These characters are at once kind of cartoons, right? They're doing things that people can't do, but also like relatable and human and especially within their relationships, And so I think that, you know, it's one of these things where maybe you've never seen a Bollywood or in this case, a Tollywood movie and like aren't necessarily familiar with the rhythms. You know, people start dancing and singing at certain points. It's not necessarily the typical Western film, but like it's got a lot of the things that if you like a big action, it's also like a huge anti-colonial like statement which is also like oh mm. like that's <laughs> the main crux of this movie that like get britain the fuck out of our country like okay that's <laughs> yes, yeah. let's Hell do yeah. it so i i think uh if you're looking for something that's also on netflix that actually stars you know people of color directed by people of color or and by people of color like a big hit that you can just sit down and enjoy i would i would definitely recommend our uh Elliot any recommendations
3: yeah I think um one there's one well a couple of films but one in particular that that comes into mind that if we're going to take an all-out action film that has better characters characters that you care about has these twists and these double crosses etc etc and is set in another country where there is no white savior. Uh, I'm going with the raid. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going with the raid. Oh, yeah. I think. I mean, and and you know, we're talking about the likes of Jason Bourne and and John Wick that have redefined the genre. I don't know how the raid for me, hands down, has redefined about three genres in one. And I just, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know how it didn't have a bigger impact in the West. I wonder if it came out now with like the successes of Parasite and RRR, yeah. how much more of an impact it would have in the West, I think would be, you know, if the Raid Free is being made, get it out this year and it will do numbers. Yeah.
1: Well, I think it's also, you know, a, a way that like we have a lot of directors who will not necessarily literally steal, but like become very influenced by in the same way that, you know, Tarantino will say, you know, Chunking Express was like, yeah. a movie that had a big impact on him and he you know took a lot of the stuff from that i think a lot of action directors in the west took liberally from the way i mean mm. there, well, there was a movie that was literally the raid i don't know if it was a direct remake but it was kind of a remake yeah um and it was not good because it wasn't the raid you know but <laughs> <And so, laughs> well, exactly um yeah it's interesting i mean even you know you look at like a tony ja and like um <sighs> yeah. a, a donnie yen and like all of these like tremendous action stars from all over asia who are not only just doing incredible things like literally them themselves doing <laughs> incredible things but also like the movies are good yeah you know like they're yeah. they're good to they're easy to watch if you're just looking for an action film, a, a revenge film or whatever kind of crime film, watch mm-hmm. a John Wu movie. Like Ooh. watch something that actually is gonna <laughs> give you, you know, like real interesting characters and depth and action on top of that. Yeah. Um yeah. Cameron, what what recommendations actually, do you have? I was
2: gonna recommend not not a John Wu movie, but an uh, a, a Hong Kong movie that actually is an international film. Uh it's one of my favorite Jackie Chan movies is uh Who Am I oh it's, yes. it's got yes. it honestly it's got as far as i'm concerned it's one of the best stunts ever caught on camera it, it, for its finale uh yeah going down the side of the building yeah. it's that's incredible mm-hmm. uh it's got twists turns there's multiple countries there's a what there's a like a not a formula one race but like a like a um like a rally car race is it like a desk like a rally car race there's like all kinds of stuff going on in the movie and there's double crosses and interesting international characters that come from different Mm -hmm. countries too that come from like uh actually isn't the bad guy like from uh, norway like (laughs) uh (laughs) so you you got all of that and you've got awesome action and none of the motivations are necessarily like about race baiting or stereotyping it's all about we're in this country and we're just shooting this in this country and it's kind of like each country that you visit in that movie it's kind of like we're just showing it off not really yeah, Yeah. Yeah. not really like using it for uh, what you may think of it or yeah the inherent inherent things that come with that so I, I find it to be like a really enjoyable kind of like mindless movie but it is in also it's one of jackie chan's best in my opinion and it, yeah. it is hard to find but mm. if you find it it is
3: you you will love it you will love it i'm uh i'm just starting to wonder like what came out first who am i or jason bourne
1: i think who am i because is like 96 they're,
3: they're, or something. their premise is quite similar isn't it's it it's very yeah. much yeah it's yeah, very so who similar am I must have been, yeah
2: a person who has like all the information and everybody's trying to get them, mm-hmm. but they don't know why. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I think who am I maybe probably inspired Jason Bourne a little bit, but I, it's so little, little seen that I, I think that, but I, you know,
3: yeah, we could be, we could be, could yeah, be, we reaching, could be
2: reaching, but also, you know, yeah. that's how Hollywood works. One person saw a movie yeah, that only no, 20 that people saw, and then they turned it into a thing that four thousand people saw yeah. you know so
1: Look, i mean they tried to do that with old boy and it was like oh oh gosh, did you yeah. see I, oh my because god that was a good <laughs> like, why would oh you try my to god remake that? just i still um, haven't
2: seen the remake because i'm scared of what why that, would you? yeah
1: <laughs> but i have to <laughs> i have the man's picture in my house i have to see
0: ah
1: <sighs> i mean i know. I, know I know yeah i also say like it's 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 amazing when you think about all the things that jackie chan has done oh yes we marvel at tom cruise and some of the stunts that he's pulled off Mm. specifically you know as he's gotten older and his assistants to still do these things but like jackie chan was doing these things without wires (laughs) like just jumping off buildings like doing things and then you watch like at, at the end of like a significant portion of his movies in the 90s. It was like, okay, so we're gonna show you the stunt again, and here's all the times that like, he hurt himself. I and loved like, it. What?
2: I loved it. <laughs> they want to show you the movie, you
1: watch the movie, and the movie like the funny thing about Jackie Chan
2: movies in the 90s, and we can, you know, have this conversation maybe later or something. But uh they kind of end unceremoniously. They're like, Jackie caught the yes. bad guy, and then freeze frame and the movie's over, and you're like, a oh, word? But then cut immediately to like the bloopers, and then like Jackie broke his neck like twice doing the thing you just saw. And you're like, oh
0: God, <laughs> over the credits.
2: <laughs> and then sometimes the credits will be a song that he sang for the movie, and you're just like, yep. this man oh, gave his life for this movie.
1: How do you I not, know. how do you can you how can you not love this? You know, yeah. it's just like, you know, Rumble in the Bronx wasn't that important. <sighs> dog. Like, you could have. Keep yourself. You don't have to safe. break like, your legs to rumble in the Bronx, but I guess you did. <laughs> thank God you did.
3: Um
1: uh, well on that note, Elliot, thank you so much for joining us. We have not only really enjoyed so this fun. conversation, but like uh mm. we definitely enjoy the channel and like you know, urge people to go check it out, support, subscribe, all that stuff. Uh, and for you to continue to, to do the great work that you're doing. So tell everybody. Thank you. Where they can find you, what you got going on, all of that good stuff.
3: Sure, um, yeah. First, I'd love to say thanks for having me on as well. Um, when I found the pod last year, I was like, oh, any opportunity that comes along, I've got to come on and, and chat with these guys because, <laughs> you know, we're we're as we said at the beginning, we're go, we're you know going down the same lane as it were. So it's it's always fun to to chat with new people about this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So thank you. Um, but yes, uh, do find me on YouTube, Twitter, and Instagram at Hakuna Machata on all three. Um, Machata, spell M-A-C-H-A-T-T-E-R. Um, yeah, it's great. I mean, as I said, we talk all things diversity representation. The aim is to be that positive corner in the internet that um, promotes when diversity and reputation is, is good and it's great and it's the projects we want to see. And then uh, call out the projects where I think they were onto something um and and just need a bit of tweaking and so hopefully when they next come along they 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 find those tweaks i mean if they're even listening but there we are um <laughs> yeah uh I, yeah i'm most active on twitter at the moment so if you do want to interact with me um pretty quickly uh that would be the best place to to come and say hello so please do
1: absolutely uh cameron tell
2: everybody what you got going uh you can find me on the internet's uh twitter on ig at the blipster 1138 um kind of just just working right now working on a project that could be really cool um but i cannot talk about it contractually so in a couple months hopefully I can say what it is. Maybe in a week I can say what it is, but I yeah. don't I hey. don't know. <laughs> I'm gonna ask and uh figure out so I can point you in that direction. But soon I will have something to point to you guys to. But until then, find me on Twitter and IG and let's let's talk.
1: Nice. Uh, and I'm Jordan Clark. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at JRSOSA18, JRSOSA18. I have a visual prop for a podcast, so you can hey. see it. But oh! Show Cameron and <laughs> Elliot. Whoa. The cover for uh, this upcoming DC Power Hell celebration yeah. DC Comics is putting out for Black History Month. Uh, Amazing. It's called DC Power, which has all of these different black superheroes in there telling stories about just who they are, where they come from. In like a lot of really great, interesting, um, you know, just stories and uh, more more in depth looks at them as, mm. as people and humans. And so uh, I'm very lucky and honored to be a part of that. And that's coming out on January 31st, uh, which mm. is going to be this past Tuesday when this episode comes out. Uh, but be on the lookout for that. Um, I've got some more stuff coming out from Dynamite: Red Sonia, Hell Sonia. Still, still chugging along. Got two more issues of that, and more comics coming out soon-ish. Talk about it when I can talk about it. Uh, but <laughs> if you want to find us, you can check us out on Twitter at white underscore pod. You can also find us at Gmail at whitepeoplewantsavipod at gmail.com. Send us your movie recommendations, send us your drops, send us your thoughts on these films and movies. We'd love to hear from you. Um, but that's going to do it for us this week. We'll see you next week with more Calcassity. Peace.
3: Boy. And-
0: can't save us we don't want to be safe can't save us we don't want to be safe can't save us we don't want to be safe can't save us we don't want to be safe can't save us we don't want to be safe can't save us we don't want to be safe can't save us we don't want to be safe can't save us we don't want to be saved.